Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, February 19th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And he's feeling good today, I think, because the power's back on. He's rested up from a, a day off yesterday. Coach, am I right? Are you feeling much better today? I, I'm telling you, man, I you really appreciate things when you don't have them for a while and then you get them back, like the power and water and things like that. I'm telling you, it's just, I feel great today. I was going nuts this last three or four days, just trying to squeeze everything in when we did have power and it was a mayhem, but uh, everything's back to normal. Had a, a good night's sleep, got all my preparations ready, got a shower, even shaved up a little bit. Man, I, I feel like a new person after being in, uh, you know, Bangladesh, it felt like for three or four days. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we have a new nine-game slate to get after, the beauty of DFS, a whole new set of challenges to get after. And so that's what we're going to do here. We'll go game by game, get you ready for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, and uh, see if we can navigate the the world of the NBA today, which is very challenging. So yes. uh, out of these nine games, we have six teams involved in a back-to-back. -back. We only have two totals over 230. Uh, so as we talked about here, uh, before we got on the podcast, some bunched totals. Yeah. Uh, no, no really high ones, no really low ones. Uh, so it is, it is going to be a battle. The first one to evaluate is Golden State against Orlando. Seven o'clock tip. Golden State favored by four. Total of 224. This is a front end of a back to back for Golden State. And with the injury news, we have Draymond questionable after that late scratch in the last one. And then, Ooh. uh, Fournier is probable and Ennis questionable. Take this one away for us. Yeah, it's a good start to a slate, like you said, that, you know, we can't eliminate any games that are so low totals. We want to avoid them and we can't pile on one of those Brooklyn 245 games either. So I love the fact that we've got nine full games, pretty much an even slate where you can you can load up on or stack somewhere or pass somewhere and be somewhat contrarian. So I, I absolutely love this uh, before we even get started. This is the perfect slate, I think, for an edge for us here at Coach Talk, the way we build our lineups uh, by hand. So uh, this first game, like you said, Golden State on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. They're in Florida for this uh, uh, event. So they're on the road. They could not be much further away other than Miami from their home base. So it is a road trip. You know, the question always is, you know, is Kerr going to limit any minutes for anybody? Because he has done that uh, very much so in past games where they've had back-to-backs. He hasn't really sat people, but he caps their minutes a little bit. They don't announce it. They don't say anything. But you can just follow it, and there's generally he'll shorten their minutes on the front end or on the back end. So... You know, it's something to keep an eye on and just be aware of. Uh, you know, th they are both uh, decent defensively. Golden State is all the way up to fifth, which is really impressive uh, considering all the guys they've had out. Orlando's 18th, but getting a little bit better uh, defensively. They certainly miss some of their key defensive guys that are hurt. But, uh, you know, they've been hanging in there, uh, making a little bit push uh, of a push after losing quite a few games here in the last month. Um, from a pace standpoint, you've got Golden State, the second fastest team in the league as, uh, regarding possessions. 
Orlando's 20th. They're always a little bit slower. They're going to run a lot through Vuk, a lot of uh, isos, you know, for him to try to get him the ball at the block. Um, you know, really the key here, Andrew, for me is, is Draymond Green going to play? You know, uh, everybody that got stung by his late, um, uh, you know, uh, scratch the other day are going to be a little bit hesitant. Uh, the fact that it's a seven o'clock game could save the ship for all of us. So we should know, I mean, like, like last time we should know beforehand, because that really changes the whole look of this game regarding defending Orlando and offensively who it's going to run through because he's led them in assists multiple games, uh, this season. He's he's basically their point guard, uh, you know, of some sort, he doesn't bring it up that much, but. Once they, they get in their set offense, he's the one that directs it, uh, which has really helped Curry, to be honest with you. He's getting a lot of shots coming off screens. And I'll tell you, he comes off screens. He and, and that's what makes the Splash Brothers so great. He and, and Clay, I don't remember too many guys in the history of the game other than maybe a Ray Allen or, uh, you know, I mean, there's a handful of guys, Reggie Miller, that, that could come off screens use the screen the right way, which most people don't, catch and shoot. So, uh, you know, I want to see that news before I really uh, go after this game. Right now, Fournier is probable. That also has a big effect because he is a, a ball-dominant shooter, you know, and with him in there, that lessens the need for me to want to, to uh, roster Vukovic. Um other than that, you know, this game, I, I know it's a pace-up game for Orlando, but I want the news here. I'm not crazy about this game. I think Curry is definitely playable. But, you know, do you want to start right off by spending all that money right off the schneid? Uh, I actually like Curry even more with Green playing because I think it, it allows him, again, to move without the ball, get more shots up. So, you know, I'm definitely considering considering Steph here. I think this could be a decent matchup for him. And on the Orlando side, if Green is out, instead of going to Curry, I may pivot to Fournier. Because even though Green is, is a lot shorter than, than Vuk, he, I mean, creates havoc. Fronting the ball, deflecting the ball, helping out on the, on the help side if somebody else like Birch or somebody's guarding him. So... Really, this game is dependent on the news, but it could be important because I may step away with it uh, with either Curry or Vukovic. What do you have? Well, I am. I would say I would lean more towards Vucevic here. Um, I mean, if Draymond is in, you could play him, but I agree. If Draymond's out, he becomes that much more attractive because we know that they're still down Looney and Wiseman. Those guys might get back on the court during this road trip, but they're out tonight. And so right. Vucevic should be able to dominate. Uh, so I, I like him a little bit more than Steph. I also like Michael Carter Williams on Fanduel. He's only forty five hundred, and you know he's he's an inconsistent player, but uh, that's a nice price tag for a starting point guard. Uh, on the Golden State side, man, what an effect Draymond's absence had not only on that slate but that team. You had oh, no guys doubt. step up like Baysmore with basically a career game, 48 fantasy points. How does that happen? 
he just <laughs> he couldn't miss on threes. He was so active all over the court. And it makes you wonder why isn't he more effective like that all the time? He's got such length and you know, decent stroke, so versatile. Good defender, too. Good defender. So, you know, that could give him some confidence, and maybe he'll get a few more minutes going forward. Still a very good price. So you gotta you gotta think about him, especially if Draymond's out. And then the quote unquote bigs are in play as a one off if Draymond is out. You could could go to Juan Toscano Anderson or Pascal. They're both decent prices here. Pascal a little bit cheaper. And you call them bigs bare, barely. I they're more like mediums. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> mediums standing in for the bigs. Exactly. All right, game two. The other seven o'clock tip is Denver in Cleveland. 226 total. Denver favored by eight and a half. Big news still with Denver. We've got Millsap, Dozier, and Harris out. Will Barton questionable and Jamichael Green probable. On the Cleveland side, we have uh, Prince out. So with Denver, you, you, you look at them and you say, all right, well, good matchup here. Cleveland is 24th defensively. Uh, they are down some guys, so we could get some extra value. Jokic is just absolutely dominant right now. Very expensive. So I probably won't go there. Murray has really picked it up. He was excellent against Washington. Uh, two strong games in a row. He's now finally getting priced back up. 8000 and 7500 He's still playable against this you know, rather poor Cleveland backcourt. Um, it might feel a little bit expensive because his price has been lower. But if you compare it to his prices and his production back in the bubble, it feels like a little bit of a steal for a guy with 50-point upside. So he's playable for me. Michael Porter Jr.'s playable. He's still cheap, but more of a GPP option because sometimes he just hangs out in the corner. Murray and Jokic do their thing in the middle, and he doesn't get much action. Jamichael Green, if he starts again, he's only 4200 on FanDuel. That's a nice value uh, price for a guy who can get you a double-double. And then with Morris and Compazzo, they are in play for me if Gary Harris, uh, sorry, well, Harris is out. If Barton is out again, uh, Morris is only 4,100 on FanDuel and Compazzo is only 4,000 on DraftKings. You could look there. Over on the Cleveland side, I actually like several of these prices. Garland is only 5,400 and Murray's not known for his defense. And did you know that Garland on the season is at 45, 40, and 90? Really wow. shooting it well, has the ball in his hands a lot. Um, you know, hasn't been smashing lately, but he's still getting a lot of shots, has the ball in his hands a lot. So I, I like that option. Chetty Osman is a great value play for me on this slate. In the 4K range on both sites, coming off a big double-double against yeah. Golden State, got 35 minutes. And with Prince out... He should have a, a very similar run and opportunity here. So I like him. And Jared Allen, I'm surprised he's not more expensive now that he's the guy there. Yeah. 6,800 DraftKings, 7,400 on FanDuel. I think both of those are playable. So I don't usually target target Cleveland, but I may come out of here with a couple Cavaliers tonight. Wow, that is a stunner. I No, I see your points. And I think I don't think the sites have adjusted to Allen being, you know, the dominant center now for that team and going to get most of those minutes. I also agree with you with Chetty. I mean, you know, the guy is so underpriced for somebody that when he gets mid thirties minutes, he almost always makes value. So 
Very interesting. Now, this game scares me, though. The main reason being they're 25th and 27th in pace. So when you're talking about two teams that want to get in a half-court set, and I know there's going to be limited possessions, that always scares me, especially paying way up for somebody. Um, I have some similar takes. I'm, I'm done trying to scuffle with those backup guards for Denver. That's so frustrating with Kemp, Capazzo and and Morris and just trying to figure out, you know, is Hampton going to play a little in this? I just, I, I can't, uh, my heart can't take any more of that Denver fiasco. And that's for Joe Stanton out there. He's always touting all these nuggets mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I want to get him in the lineup. What I will do though, is I do like a nugget tonight. And I like the fact, I know this sounds stupid. I like the fact that Jamal Murray's price went up because I think if it would have stayed the same, he'd have been super popular. I think people are going to see that and say, wait a minute, I paid 68, you know, five days ago. I have to pay 8,000 for Murray. And I think that his, they'll look elsewhere. I love Jamal Murray in this matchup. I always have targeted, as you know, and had success with uh, guards, specifically point guards that can score against the Cavs. And it, you know, I think that that's a, a, a big plus. Um, he's my favorite play on this side by far for, for Denver. Um, Porter's a little pricey for, uh, again, a great GPP play, but just a little too risky for cash. As you said, his, you know, he's a break the slate kind of guy though. So, you know, it, I wouldn't fault you for taking a shot there. Um, not going to pay up the big bucks for the Joker here in this slow of a pace game, but I've said that multiple times and the guy, you know, throws 80 on the board. So, uh, certainly not going to argue that point. On the Cleveland side, you know, I, I mean, yeah, Jetty has to be considered under the fact that he's so inexpensive, and if he gets those mid-30s minutes, you, you almost can't, uh, you know, pass up the value because there's not a boatload of value uh, really on this slate. But after that, I, I think I'm good. I, I, you know, get the Jared Allen take, but I'm just not quite ready to use my center spot for him uh, you know, I think McGee's getting a little burn as a backup now again. And uh, so I'm not really interested in anybody else on that side of the ball. Uh, if I need to value, I will go to Jetty, but not my favorite game on the slate. Okay. Yeah, there is a value center coming up. So Alan, probably not in play for me on FanDuel. Um, but, and yeah, so Osmond, much more the target for me. All right, yeah. game three, we've got Chicago in Philly. 7.30 tip. This is the first ESPN game tonight in the doubleheader. 2.29 total. Philly favored by eight. And the news here, we've got Shake Milton doubtful and Ben Simmons probable to get back out there. What do you have here? Well, I, you know, as normal, the Friday, uh, you know, national TV game is going to have a little bit over ownership. I mean, it just always happens that way. So that scares me a little bit. Chicago's on the first night of a back-to-back. Um, they've their their horses generally play, but their secondary guys when they're on a, a back-to-back, uh, it's the first night. Uh, did I say that? Yeah. Correct. So they they have uh, he has a tendency, I think, to instead of getting a guy thirty-two, he may get him twenty-seven, just in lieu of the fact they have a game the next night. But those five six minutes mean everything for those guys like Patrick Williams and all the people that are on the fence. So that concerns me a little bit. I expect Simmons to play, and I, I've uh, 
organized this game with him in. Um, and, you know, as I, the question is, how many minutes is he going to play? Is he going to play full tilt? It is an island game for Philly, so that helps. And, you know, I'm not one that enjoys paying up for Simmons because I don't like the one-dimensional piece of his game. You know, he can't shoot. And so, you know, it's hard to go there. But it is a great matchup for him. And, you know, they are a little shorthanded without uh, Milton probably and, and as far as the backcourt. So he could be considered here. I'm not sure I'm going to use the payup. But, you know, Chicago's 21st defensively, and they don't defend the backcourt well. So that that is an issue. Philly, on the other hand, being sixth defensively, is is definitely a concern. I've I've been riding Zach Levine, man, and that guy. I'm telling you, no one's played better ball than him in the entire NBA in the last month, and I'll stand by that. The guy is just on fire. Uh, but Philly has some bodies, including Simmons, including uh, Thibel, and some of these guys that are going to dog the dog the dirt out of them. So. You know, I think that could be a tough matchup for Levine, and his price now is up there with the biggest boys. So not really wanting to go there. Now, Chicago, on the other hand, has Carter back. Uh, He's not a great defensive center. Um, If you're going to pay up in this game and you want to, you know, have a a real uh, strong play, I mean, how can you argue with Embiid? I mean, he's been dominating everybody. Chicago's defense is not that good, especially in the interior. Uh, they don't have guys like Porter available available that create some havoc defensively. So, you know, the payup guy for me in this game uh, and the center, if I go with a payup, I will go with Embiid. If I go with the value guy that you mentioned that's coming up, that's going to shift everything around. So uh, Embiid certainly is in high consideration for me here. I think he could be the highest scorer on the entire slate if this game stays close. And, you know, the pace is fourth and fifth, Andrew. So we have two of the top five pace teams. I think you need some exposure here. You know, the 229 and a half is bulked in third highest, but, you know, it's all close. But I do think you need some exposure here. If I don't go in bead, I would look, you know, at uh, Simmons or Harris. And on the Chicago side, I'm not going to go Levine, like I said, because I respect those exterior defenders for uh, Philly enough to give him trouble. But, you know, you you can look at at a few other guys from Chicago and consider them, especially if you're going to pay up. I don't want to have more than two guys from this game because I think it will be over-owned. But, you know, it could be that I walk away with Embiid and that's it. So we'll see. Yeah, so for Chicago with me, the only guy I would consider is Levine. He's been on an absolute heater. And one thing I love about him is that he's had eight straight games with at least 21 field goal attempts. He just always gets the opportunity and he usually delivers. Uh, I agree, you know, tough defensive matchup. So I might just fade him tonight because of that. On the Philly side... If Ben Simmons plays, and that's what I'm projecting also, then I'm likely to pass on Philly. Um, Embiid could absolutely smash. I'm just, you know, at that price tag, I'm just saying, I'm just hoping he doesn't get 65 fantasy points and uh, we can overcome that. Uh, Tobias Harris is very tempting because he's had two monster games in a row. But remember, 
two games ago, and B didn't play last game. Simmons didn't play exactly. So with both of them back, his usage goes down quite a bit when those yep. two are on the floor. So great point. Yeah, and then same thing with Seth Curry. He was dominant um, after that injury scare. With you ben know Simmons what he's out. shooting right now? 90-50-50. How sick is that? That family knows how to stroke it. Good they, lord, they are phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, likely a pass for me with Philly if Ben Simmons is out there. All right, Atlanta and Boston, the other 7.30 game in Boston. This is a rematch from Wednesday when Atlanta won 122 to 114. And remember, these teams are going to play next Wednesday. So this is sort of like a three-game series. This is game two. Tonight, Boston is favored by four, 225.5 total. We have Rondo still out for Atlanta. On the Boston side, Tice looks like he's going to be back in. Jalen Brown now questionable. So that's a big piece of news for Boston. If he's out, Tatum obviously gets a little bit of, of a bump, but he is expensive. Uh, so I don't know if I'll go there. Um, What's the deal with Boston? Not to interrupt, but I know you're you're a Celtics insider. I mean, they just don't look right. They're a little bit off. And, you know, the thing that surprises me is 24th in pace and 14th in defensive efficiency, and only 17th offensively. I think it makes sense. The two big problems are that Kemba's been hurt, and he's been inconsistent. Yeah. You know, he has not been his former self. He's getting there, and that's that's the you know number one domino. Number two, Gordon Hayward's gone, and I think that's a bigger absence than most people realize. True. You know, they went from being extremely deep with him coming off the bench, to now they're a little bit thin. Their bench is is young. They don't have a lot of firepower. And, of course, Marcus Smart is injured right now. So yeah. those are the three big issues. Uh, yeah. And it, it is a concern for Celtics Nation. So uh, I, I probably won't pay up for Tatum, even though he is in a good spot. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, maybe if we get some more value today. Kemba, it, you know, he's going to be back in the mix Mid 6K range, a very good price for him against Trey Young defense. So you could go there. On the Atlanta side, I'm only going to look at Trey Young or Capella tonight. Uh, Trey Young was terrific against them without Kemba out there, and it's a good matchup for him tonight. He had 40 points against them on Wednesday, and Capella had a nice double double, and he's a reasonable price tag uh, on both sides. So I would say most likely a one-off for me with Capella, maybe on DraftKings where he's only 7,200, or Kemba potentially in the mid-6K range. Yeah, this is a tough game for me. Um, I'll tell you, I agree with everything you said. My my feeling is Marcus Smart is probably the most underrated player in the NBA. People don't realize how much he makes a team go, from his defensive prowess to his hustle. He sees the floor. He hits the big three. <clears throat> I think he is wildly uh, underestimated by people. And I think that's the big part of their downfall, personally. But anyway, as you said, the pace is not great in this game. We need the Jalen Brown news. You know, that's that's important. I'm not going to pay up, though, for any big dogs here, Trey or or Tatum. I just don't like the feel of this game. Uh, watching the the game flow, you know, the last time they played. And, you know, even I had Capella the last game. He came through for me. He was like six and a half X. But, I, you know, it was one of those biting your teeth kind because what I noticed in that game is they both went small. 
you know, they were playing Grant Williams and Ojale at center or Tatum, I guess. I don't know if you want to call them that, but they were small and they played Capella off the floor. He sat a, a good chunk of time and then he's such a bad foul shooter. They put him out in the last couple minutes of the game. So I really a little south on Capella right now. Um, the guy that's really been DFS consistent, but I never, ever, when, every time I play him, it's like the kiss of death, is John Collins. So I always steer from him, but he's been very consistent, and this matchup is probably the best for him if you want to go there. He is expensive, though. Um, you know, as, as, other than that, though, the Atlanta side, you know, I just, again, I don't trust the flow of it. Trey's just so expensive. Um, you know, a few of the ancillary guys are okay, but on a nine game slate where you can really be selective, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm just not interested there. Uh, the one guy's price that's staying decent, but he hasn't completely smashed it yet is Kemba. And, you know, you keep waiting for that game and it, you know, he just seems to, you know, skid by three, four, maybe five exit times, but barely. So, you know, is that big game coming or does he not even have that left? I, I don't know. But uh, on a slate like this, on a cash lineup, you know, I think this game is going to be the pass game for me, believe it or not. All right. Well, let's shift to the eight o'clock games then. We've got three of those, starting with Detroit in Memphis. Low total here of 220 and a half. Memphis favored by four and a half on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. And we have the front end of a back-to-back for Memphis. We've got Desmond Bain back in the lineup. And then questionable tags for Melton, Brooks, Melton and Brooks. And Dumbolio. Yeah. Gotcha. All three of them. So Mm -hmm. any interest in this one? You know, it's it's a wild, it's, it's a tough game to figure as well. I mean, you've got poor defense, 20th and 17th, and, but you know, not the greatest pace, sort of in the middle of the road. Detroit's 26, Memphis 13th. So they will, you know, probably average on both uh, sides a little bit. I, I would like to know if Brooks Melton and, and Dumbuyo are out uh, because those three guys, two for Memphis, one for Detroit, does affect the, the rotation a little bit. Um, you know, Joe Val's been terrific, but I think he finds his Spider-Man versus Spider-Man deal, you know, in uh, Plumley. I mean, they're both going to be banging each other uh, inside, and they've both been effective offensively, and I've used both of them. But I see more of a cancel-out scenario there and possibly some foul trouble for one or both. Uh, so that that isn't going to lean me towards playing either one of those centers. And they're both now pretty, not you know, decently expensive. Um, you know, the question is Sadiq Bey. I mean, he's been a, a key guy for this team now. It seems like they're building around him a lot. And he's, you know, the he and Grant are getting all of the usage since all these trades and moves have made been made. And I think they're both in play. I, you know, not both of them. I would play one or the other with Bay uh, or Grant, depending on what you can afford. But I'd, I'd like to have exposure from that side with one of those two. Um, on the Memphis side, I'm not going to go with Jaw because Delon Wright. You know, his defense is pretty ball hawking, uh, and you know their their rotation now defensively seems better at the guard spot. 
even though he's been so explosive uh, at times. Um, the Even though they're close, this is one of the lower uh, over-unders as well. Um, so the question is, Brooks is pretty high usage. If he sits, I'm not as concerned about Melton, but if he sits, that's got to go somewhere. So the big question will be, you know, is is this going to be a value game where you can get a slow-mo, for example, that's, you know, going to go 7x, which he can. I mean, nobody talks about him, but look at his numbers at the end of every every slate. He's 5, 6x like it's nobody's business. And, you know, it, he does it so quietly, just, just like he moves slow, he is under the radar. But he's a dangerous guy, and I've seen him – at least twice the last week on the optimal lineup. So, you know, uh, if if uh, Brooks sits, it really brings Kyle Anderson into play. And the other guy that it would bring into play is Grayson Allen at a, a cheap price because he's going to get a lot of shots up uh, if Brooks is down. So I want to see that info, uh, you know, really want to go with one of the two Detroit guys. And I'll follow it back up with with one of the Grizz, uh, depending on Brooks' uh, availability. Yeah, I think if those guys are out, then Allen and Anderson are the two guys to look at. I'm just very concerned about playing anybody from Memphis. They really limit their minutes on the front end of a back-to-back as much as any team. So I'm likely to pass Memphis. On the Detroit side, Bay and Grant would be the two to consider for me. I was I avoided Bay on the last slate, uh, thankfully, because he got a little bit chalky. Didn't yeah. get many shots. It was the Grant show. He was phenomenal. But Bay is in that price range, mid-5K on both sites, where you could play him as a one-off and hope for a bounce back, hope for more shots. Uh, so that would be probably the most likely one-off I would get from this game. And I think his ownership will go down quite a bit for the people he stung last time out. Absolutely. All right, the next 8 o'clock game, we have Oklahoma City in Milwaukee. This is a rematch from Sunday when Oklahoma City upset the Bucks. How? That's 114 all I can to 109, say. despite a monstrous triple double from Giannis. Uh, really impressive victory tonight. Milwaukee favored by 10.5 at home. And this is one of the big totals here 231.5. Yeah. We do have Milwaukee on the back-to-back after that loss to Toronto, so their losing streak continues. you got to figure they'll get it done here, right? Uh, the, the challenge, though, is it's a back-to-back. Their guys played big minutes. They were in there late against Toronto last night. So Giannis is in play with Drew Holiday out again, obviously expensive. So I'm not sure if I'll get there. Middleton, once again, the buy-low uh, GPP option. A really nice price on both sides for his talent, and now he doesn't have to deal with Toronto's defense. So he could be a guy to look at. And then on OKC, we've got Shea and Maladon back in the lineup. Their lineup has changed every every start, every game as much as anybody in the NBA. But I think we'll settle back into the regulars, so to speak, uh, with Shea, Maladon, and Dort, uh, Baisley, and Horford. I like Maladon's price on DraftKings. He's only 4700 I think that's worth a look. And then Horford, you just can't ignore him. He's been so, so solid lately, mid-6K range. It really sets up an interesting decision uh, for the centers tonight. If you go in the mid-tier, you've got Jared Allen, Capella, Plumlee, Joval, Horford, uh, 
so that's a that's one of the unique aspects of this slate. Uh, so and Horford is as much in play for me out of that group as anyone. Uh, the way he's involved in this offense. So Maladon, Horford, Middleton, Giannis, those are the guys I would consider on this slate. Yeah, this is an in- interesting game. And and I say it, you know, this is probably what the 40 is shown in a row. I've said it looks like OKC could get blown out and then they win. <laughs> right. So, you know, Milwaukee, what do you have to spread? 10 or 11? 10 and a half. 10 and a half, yeah. You know, that's the only double-digit spread on the whole slate. So, you know, we have to at least mention that it is possible that it could be a blowout. I refuse to believe it anymore, though. I mean, I... It's just game after game after game, OKC hangs in there. So, uh, you know, this is not a game that I'm going to focus on. First of all, I agree with what you said. You know, we know Coach Bud does not like to overplay his players. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, with all the effort they gave last game and big minutes at the end, I'm just, you know, I could see him shaving five, six, seven, even eight minutes off some of these guys. And that, that eliminates them immediately. Um, you know, so I'm not going to certainly go up for the monster price with Giannis. I think Chris Middleton gets the Dorcher chamber, as they're now calling it, with <laughs> Dort's defense. He will yep. probably guard Middleton, which, you know, crosses Middleton off for me. I totally respect that guy's defensive harassment. Um, and they, we need to, they need to get shirts out the Dorcher chamber with him. You know, you see the one where he was with LeBron in his face with his hand and I did. basically like, just, I don't know what he was doing, but it, it would have awesome. made me miss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Milwaukee just does not interest me in this game whatsoever because there's the multiple things, the possibility of the blowout, the extra minutes, the defense. So it's just way too risky for me on that side. Oklahoma City, <clears throat> I will say, without Drew Holiday, their uh, defense, perimeter defense is rough. And Shea could be the, the guy to really take advantage of that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Forbes or, you know, I'm not sure who they'll put on Shea. Uh, but I don't think they have a great matchup. It would be Holiday normally, and then I would say no. Shea's expensive, but I really think he's the guy here. I mean... He he need he came back. He's had just one game back, I think, from his sitting out. So you know he should be in the flow and ready to go. And you know these teams uh, play at a great pace, ninth and sixth. So when you have two top ten teams in pace, you hate to you know just completely fade a game. It's usually good to have exposure if not one of your key guys. So <clears throat> I think the fact that it's an island game for Oklahoma City. Shea's their main go-to guy. I don't think Milwaukee has the best defense. I haven't played him in a while, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, SGA in this game as one of my uh, foundation guys, my my highlighted guys that I put into my lineup. And then after that, you've got a big mix. Um, you know, when Baisley, Roby, and Horford are playing, I you know usually it seems like one of the three is sitting, and then they become a lot more playable. But a lot of those rebounds and everything will get sliced up between those three. But I'll tell you, I'm a big Baisley fan. I know I've been tooting his horn a long time and his price is a little high. But that kid is, re- I mean, he's just coming into his own. He can hit the three, finish at the rim like, you know, like an Ubre or, or some of the big finishers. So he's the guy that I, I always, you know, want to put a circle around. But 
unfortunately, Mr. Antikanumpo is going to be <laughs> floating around the paint most of the time. So that will uh, eliminate that idea. So I wouldn't mind having a little more exposure here. So I'm going to keep digging in on this game. But right now I'm going to Shea is going to take his ball and we're leaving. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a, a interesting decision. You make good points on Shea. I still think I lean Maladon a little bit more because with Shea in the 8K range. He's, he's one, one of the guys that signed up for your agency. I know you've got Herder, <laughs> Maladon. You yeah. represent those guys. You're an attorney, so I know you've got these guys on the side. I know it. Well, you can buy, you buy low on these cheaper guys, the 5K <laughs> range guys, because you know they're going to shoot up their like, stocks you invest in when they're cheap. There you um, go. And so I, I just I feel like Maladon's a little more likely to get a six X return than than Shea at that price tag, but um, that'll be an interesting spot here on this slate that backcourt for sure. Yeah. All right, the other eight o'clock game we've got Phoenix against New Orleans. The other two thirty game here just barely two thirty and a half. Phoenix favored by three and a half on the road. They're on the front end of a back to back. They're going to play against Memphis tomorrow. And the news here is that Stephen Adams is doubtful for the Pelicans. Yeah. Uh, break this one down for us, please. Well, let's let's discuss Stephen Adams being out. And is let's. this the value center that you were talking about? Sure is. And this is where I'm looking on DraftKings, where I can put Embiid in there and Mr. Hernan Gomez. And that's, you know, the same guy I circled. I mean, with Adams out in this matchup, the va- I mean, the value, unless more opens up through the afternoon, uh, you have to seriously consider him. He's playing good ball, too. It's He's taking advantage of his minutes. Really, you're, they're not getting much Jackson Hayes in there. The only thing that hurts is sometimes they will play smaller and let Zion basically play center. But uh, I think he gets enough burn here with, with that cost, the salary cost, that he he becomes possibly the best value chalk on the whole slate. Um, so I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, you know, defensively, Phoenix is seven, so I respect that. I'm probably not going to pay up for the big, you know, Zion, Brandon Ingram studs. Uh, Lonzo Ball deserves a little bit of a look, but again, you know, I don't want to run into Chris Paul defense either. Um, and then uh, 28th are the Pelicans, so defensively. So that makes you look at Phoenix, but... We've said this over and over. I bet you Phoenix is the least, the team we've rostered the guys from the least of the whole league. It seems like we always get to them. You know, their pace is slow. They're second slowest in the league now. And we've said that all along. They keep getting slower and slower. And the Pelicans are 23rd. So, you know, it's hard to get excited to roster a Phoenix guy when their main three are pretty expensive. They, They very seldom blow anything up and it's just you know we get to the same thing we don't want to spend up for for paul booker or Aiton, and i i feel the same today like we have the last month i just think this game stays slow scores down a bit um wouldn't mind just getting Hernan gomez as a monster value and sort of moving on i think that's probably where i'm at yeah Hernan gomez is locked in for me on both sites i uh, love the value like you said he needs to be out there with Aiton on the other side so that's my focus with the Pelicans. On the Phoenix side, you know, you you do get excited about this matchup. And 
you look at the fact, you know, one thing that jumped out at me here more than anything on this slate was I checked the the game logs for Phoenix against the Pelicans because they've played twice already this year. And Booker has averaged under 30 fantasy points in this matchup. And I thought to myself, what in the world is going on here? This terrible defense, we target guards against them. And then I dug a little deeper. Both games they played this year with blowouts. One team mm-hmm. won each in a blowout. And so we just haven't had full minutes for these guys in a close game. And the first game was early in the season when Booker was still getting used to Chris Paul. He didn't get many shots. So <clears throat> Booker is the one guy I would consider here because of that bad defense. He's a decent price. Um, and if it stays close, I think it's going to be a more reasonable game for him for his his uh, opportunities in production. So I like him in a GPP potentially, but no nobody else for Phoenix with with everybody playing. Uh, but Hernan Gomez for sure. I like the, the year on Booker. I don't think you've rostered him this year, and that gets my interest up. You know, I, I because I love Booker. It's just he hasn't been in the best spots. Maybe this is it. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. All right, uh, the 9 o'clock game tonight is Toronto against Minnesota, 226 total. Toronto favored by 2.5. And, and this actually is a game that I'm looking at a, as a potential stack game, more, nice. so, more so than even the 230 totals. Okay. I think this, this total is a little bit low. We've got Toronto 11th in pace, Minnesota 5th. Okay. Uh, Toronto, great offensively, they're ninth. Minnesota, poor defensively, we know that, they're 22nd. So a lot of good elements there to a potential high-scoring game. The only downside is, well, I guess there's two of them. It is a back-to-back for Toronto. They okay. can weather that storm as well as anyone, though. Uh, on the Minnesota side, we've got D'Angelo Russell out, so a little bit less scoring punch. And then we have Lowry doubtful for Toronto. So that's the big question mark. If he's out, well, if he plays, he's really cheap. He's only 6,700 on DraftKings in a great matchup. But if he sits, then we could go back to a similar build last night from the uh, FanDuel hybrid lineup that cashed for me with Van Vliet, Powell, and Siakam. I mean, those three just dominated the usage against uh, Milwaukee. It was like they were running a three-man weave, yeah. setting, setting, setting each other up for three-pointers. And I mean, they're, they're terrific offensively. So I, you know, those three guys are where I start my focus. Siakam is really expensive on FanDuel at 8,700. So I don't think I would go there. He's more reasonable on DraftKings in the 7K range, but Van Vliet and Powell are both in play, especially Powell. He's only 5,800 on FanDuel as a shooting guard. He was dominant yesterday. So I like that option. Bembry, if he starts again, He's a value play you can consider in a potentially high-scoring game. Didn't do much yesterday offensively, but you know, low 3K range, uh, he could easily hit 20 fantasy points and, and help you get uh, multiple guys in this game. On the Minnesota side, Rubio, man, he finally looked like himself last time out with 20 he points and threes. And he had 20 points and 13 assists against Indiana, You know, really taking advantage of that starting role. Uh, so he's playable for me again, especially on Fandle, where he's only 5,300. Yeah. You could pair him up with a big cat who's uh 9,300. Uh, you know, that would be the GPP option to fade Hernan Gomez. I don't know if I can do it on, on Fandle. I mean, we'll see if if Adams is you know, if there's still a question mark. Uh, 
that'll be the turning point. This game is an hour later than the Pelicans game. So you will and, have and you're referring to the other Hernan Gomez, so it doesn't confuse me because there's yes, a Hernan Gomez on this team. <laughs> not Wancho, not yep, not considering him tonight. Uh, just Billy. You know, Hernan Gomez goes by Billy now. It's pretty confusing. Um, I did not used know to that. Be, used to be Willie. Now he's going by Billy. Interesting. Um, so Cat is more... enough to scratch him right there. Yeah, right. Cat <laughs> more in play for me on DraftKings, but uh, I, I like this game. It's probably my favorite game to get you know, three or four players from. Nice. I, I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, there's no question. The The defense is, uh, Toronto is 12th now. I mean, you know, I mention it every day because they keep moving up every day. So they're getting better. Um, but they not having Lowry as the head of that uh, defense, you know, he always leads the league in charges. He's just such an irritant. You know, that hurts them. I seriously doubt he'll play. So, you know, they do lose a lot. Uh, with you know the lineup but they have Ananobi back who's a great defender and he was out for a while and they still moved up defensively so I respect Toronto's defense now I think they're more together one thing I will say too is Nurse isn't afraid to play his guys we've mentioned that before but that also includes on back-to-backs he's not a guy to sit people so even though Van Van Vliet played hard and did well yesterday I think you got to consider him here I mean I really do I think he's He's in play. He's their main go-to guy. Uh, you know, he's going to get the big shots. He doesn't miss foul shots. He does all the things, you know, to garner DFS points. Norman Powell's, you know, extremely underpriced. I mean, they have him priced for if Lowry was playing and he was going to be the third guy, third guard. But when Lowry or Van Vliet are out, uh, he always seems to step up and his usage shoots through the roof. And I don't remember, and I knock on wood, I don't want to jinx him here because I want to play him. I don't remember the last time he didn't make value when either Lowry or Van Vliet were out. So at his price, I think he's a super uh, value guy that should get a full, you know, all-you-can-eat amount of minutes uh, with their with Lowry being out. So he's definitely uh, in play for me, and I don't uh, respect the Minnesota defense whatsoever. I mean, it's just not... Not an interesting defense for interior or perimeter. Um, the the thing that backs your stack of this game is they are 11th and 6th in pace. So we do have three different teams that have top two teams are in the top 11 in pace, which is unusual. So this is one of those three, and I think that's a big reason for the consideration. On the Minnesota side, I'm terrified to to step into the Rubio trap. I know he's had two games in a row. One, he hit three threes, which was amazing. And the other one, he was just blowing it out and playing terrific. But I, I really don't trust him. They'd like to play McLaughlin a decent amount as his backup point. Uh, and, you know, the the guards from Toronto and their team defense, you know, it, it can be a little tough. And, Rubio isn't going to get those little mid-range floaters with, you know, seven foot eight reach span of, of uh, Boucher in there in the paint. And I just I'm going to steer clear of that. I think Rubio is going to garner some some ownership. And I, I'm a, I think that's a little bit of a, a little, small trap there. But Cat, uh, I just I, I can't do it over Embiid uh, and and Hernan Gomez value. I'm pretty locked in there. But I get it. I mean, he looks good. He's getting decent minutes. 
but I don't think he's a hundred percent right though. I mean, have you watched him a little? He's he yeah. looks a little thinner than normal. Yeah, he doesn't I agree. look quite as strong as he used to be. And so I think I don't I think he's at that maybe 80 percent, 85 percent range, which for that price, you know, you want to get the 100 percent cat. So that's why I'm going to steer there. So I'm not going to have a ton of exposure here. I've been playing Edwards almost every slate now because he's deciding that he's going to, you know, he reminds me of when they drafted Wiggins and Wiggins was doing all the scoring initially. Edwards is very similar style player. He's he, sometimes he's into it, sometimes he's not. But when he is, he can explode and dunk and do amazing things, uh, just exactly like Wiggins did. So he's always in play at a fair price too, and maybe the the uh, counter on the other side that I'm doing with Powell. But uh, I wouldn't mind taking Van Vliet and Powell to be honest with you. But I don't know if I'll be able to get Van Vliet's price in there. But I think you need. You know, two-guy exposure to this game is very smart, I think. All right, last game of the night. It's the only 10 o'clock tip. It's the second game on ESPN. We have Utah in L.A. to play the Clippers, a rematch from earlier this week that Utah won easily. All the big guys were out for the Clippers, and now they're questionable again. Kawhi, Paul George, Batum, Kennard, and we still have Conley questionable on the Utah side. Utah favored by four tonight, 224 and a half total. Will you have any spots left in your rosters for this one? You know, I I absolutely hate sitting there watching that last game with no no coverage and just rooting for turnovers and missed shots. But I don't I don't like this game, man. I, I just I know it's only a four uh spread and it's two twenty-four and a half. I, I just don't see how you now maybe later in the day when we get the news. This, things will work out. But right now, you, you mentioned the five guys that are questionable are five of the top 11 guys when you combine the two teams together. How, how are you supposed to anticipate, you know, what's going to happen right now when literally half of the key guys in the game are questionable? So I'm passing right now, but I'm going to watch the news because, you know, easily Kawhi could be ruled in or something could happen there. I thought Kawhi was going to play last game but if that happens then i'm i'm interested because i think this will be uh, a good game a close game they are 21st and 28th in pace certainly not a stackable game but based on how it pans out with who's sitting specifically on the Clippers side i may have a little bit of interest there uh and at least get one piece of exposure but if it stays as is i know there's value that opens up with all these clippers out um, I just I don't feel comfortable with it. Utah is playing beyond anybody's human belief here. 20 and one in their last 21 games doesn't seem possible. But, uh, you know, the, it'll be interesting. I mean, Mitchell didn't get voted in as an all star and he's playing as good as anybody since the bubble. Uh, maybe that gives him a little extra motivation in this one. But he is expensive. So that's sort of it for me on this game. Yeah, I'm in the same spot. I'm I'm passing it at this point in the day. Um, I I could see some value opening up, but even if Kawhi or Paul George is out again, the prices have inched up a little bit for the Clippers. So I, I'm just not anticipating any great value there. Utah, you've got a bunch of guys who are solid. Uh, they're all playable. The guys that have stepped up here, Mitchell and Ingles and Clarkson, even Royce O'Neal. 
I, I do want to mention Rudy Gobert, though. I was a little bit surprised in that last game against the Clippers. He had 23 and 20, uh, you know, against Ibaka. Um, and the thing about Rudy Gobert is you just you can't ever tell how many shots he's going to get. You know, in that game against Philly uh, a couple games back with Embiid out, he only got three shots in the whole game. And then, he, you know, he got 12 against the Clippers, and he always shoots a high percentage because they're usually lobs and dunks. But, you know, I just hate the fact that with, with a guy like that who's that big, you just can't really count on the offense. You count on the rebounds no. and the blocks. But How many shots do you think he's taken outside the paint this year? Probably like I don't know the one or answer, two. Yeah. but maybe it a can't little, be like, many. Maybe a baseline shot that's like eight or nine feet. Or, but Or there were, the buzzer was coming up and he had to shoot. He's, he's like Zion. He just, he does, I mean, Zion will take a three occasionally, but, you know, he's one of those guys that almost never shoots outside of the paint and, and Gobert is the same way. So, yeah. um, you know, he's in that mix again of, of centers, mid-tier centers, uh, but but really more of a GPP option, especially more on DraftKings. He's only 7,300, but he's always a cash game option for me instead of GPP because he's, he's so- He's bust guy, man. Yeah, he's he's usually not booming on offense, He's he's so solid with he's everything had some else. Games recently though, where he has actually, yeah. so that's why I always consider him. But I'm I get chicken at the last minute because, like you said, what if he pulls one of those three shot attempt games? You know, right. yeah, he's so. usually right around forty to forty five fancy points. That's why he's solid for cash. Um, and then it's just a real bonus if he does get more involved offensively. But yeah, I agree. Mostly a pass game here at this stage in the day. Coach, that wraps up our nine-game slate. Any final thoughts? No, I think it's it's a great slate. Uh, we're so excited at Coach Talk. Just real briefly here, we're still within our, our time. We want to try to keep it shorter with the big nine-game slate. But just great things. We're growing here. We're really uh, we're going to be launching a Facebook page soon as well. We're getting some international membership. It's so much fun with Canada, France, and Australia members are uh, in our group. It's just, it's, it's a blast. And our staff has been so busy. I appreciate them so much. I push them so hard because we have so much to get done, but just a quick thanks. I'm obviously Andrew is, as a big leader of what we're doing and Shane as our other pro. And then Joe Stanton, Tyler Pitzer, um, Brett, Brett Trimble and Dawson Sarvati. Those guys also all stepping up, getting it done, creating all this, uh, website info all of our technology just a tremendous group uh can't appreciate them anymore and we have some great things coming andrew's going to be uh putting out prop picks and he's had an incredible record at that uh and he'll have some of those in discord if you you know join us give us a chance we got three days for 10 bucks you can't beat it uh dfscoachtalk.com is our website or you can find us at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. Uh, and also, if you're watching this on YouTube, please take a second, hit the, the thumbs up, the subscribe, and then hit the little alert so you know when our podcast posts. You do those things, we really, really appreciate it. We've got free content seven days a week in front of the paywall, and uh, we appreciate the, the subscribe. So that is it, my friend. Yeah, I'll echo that. Really thank thankful for the team we have here and uh, having a lot of fun in Discord. So do give us a try. If you join through our website, dfscoachtalk.com, then what we'll do is we'll just send you an email and then get you into our Discord that way. And we give out our lineups about 20 to 30 minutes before lock. Tonight we'll have two FanDuel cash lineups, a GPP lineup, 
the coach's clipboard for DraftKings, and of course, the full Yahoo lineup as well. So that'll do it for tonight. On behalf of the coach, I am Andrew Hansen, and we will see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.